just recently we've, uh, Eunice and I have been cleaning out some bits and pieces from her mum's place and uh, a lot of cassettes with uh, bits and pieces on them. Do you know what a cassette is, Gemma? Good. No, at least <laughs> some of know what we're talking about. And uh, we'd uh, we got lots of lots of talks that were there a long time ago. And also the uh, one of the brothers back in 1976, he uh, taped the play Sodom's Lot. And we've got that on cassette. Uh, and uh, uh, listening to, we were listening to that and then went right through all the songs and the words and Pastor Jock talking um, as a young man. It was 45 years ago or something and uh, Pastor Jock at the end was talking and uh, he talked for about 10 or 15 minutes encouraging people to uh, come along and get baptised and uh, uh, I remember him saying that the Lord might come back tonight and uh, it was 45 years ago or something or a bit more, a bit less, I don't know. And... Uh, but uh, it still hasn't turned up. But when we looked at the the state of the nation, if you like, at that stage, um, is quite a, a, a big change from now. When we look at the uh, uh, the state of the world world today, and back in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter nineteen talks uh, about the time uh, that the Sodom's lots about, if you like. Sodom lot was uh, obviously talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, talking about the state of things there and uh, Lot being in Sodom and he was uh, Abraham's nephew and uh, so him and his family had established themselves in the in the plains. Uh, he had the choice of the mountains or the plain, but he'd established himself there because uh, there was the cities and things down there and uh, uh, all of a sudden things got started to get out of hand there if he... Well, maybe we'll turn to the book of Gen- uh, Ezekiel, rather, in chapter 16. And, uh, uh, and the, uh, Abraham, well, Abraham was visited by the, the angels. A couple of angels turned up and spoke to him about the state of, of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, Ezekiel chapter 16. And, and um, they told uh, Abraham they were, God was going to destroy the city uh, because of the... The, the situation there, there was obviously uh, lots of um, uh, illicit behaviour with, with gay rights, I suppose, that had in those days. Uh, but it, 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 we can see here in Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse, uh, verse 49, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, was pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness, was in her and her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And, and <clears throat> beside the, the situation with the, uh, uh, that was confronted by Lot, uh, with the, the men and outside the people of the city, there was also this situation in the city as well, uh, in that area, which was, uh, and, and we can certainly, as, as in the New Testament, talks about our times as the times of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, the last times of the last days and we look around us today and uh, we can see that uh, we're certainly seeing those sorts of things and when we when we sort of think back to that particular play that we were uh, putting on at the time and uh, you know we were sort of thinking well uh, you know is the Lord coming back soon because we could see even then 
that the situation wasn't good. The, the uh, situation in the world, there was a lot of uh, things happening, but we see even more so. And the last couple of years, I think, uh, with COVID has certainly brought out, um, the Bible talks about in the last days there'll be a lot of violence, and that's quite rife in the most communities, I think, these days. But also we see a lot of um, people, uh, you know, um, committing suicide, those sorts of things. It was, uh, I took a funeral a couple of weeks ago, I think it was now, uh, a young man. He wasn't in our fellowship. He was just some people that I sort of know. Um, they asked me to run the, their funeral, and the young man was only 19, and life was that bad, he jumped in front of a train and ended his life. And it's, it's not an unusual thing these days to see these sorts of things, that people in despair, in desperate times um, that, that we live in, because there's, you know, people are sort of locked in their homes, they, their interaction, the social interaction down the local shop or supermarkets or wherever, shopping centres, was, was restricted and uh, people are, are struggling with that concept and uh, they were, you know, they were turning inward, they were turning to violence, they were talking to, turning to, to alcohol, to drugs, to, to try and fill their life. And in the meantime, uh, you know, they, they, you know, thanks be to the government, I suppose, uh, they, they boosted people's uh, income, particularly people on the, on the Centrelink payments and so on, so, you know, at least they've got enough to, to have a, 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 a something to eat and so on and rent assistance and whatever else they did. But we see here the situation back in the time of Sodom and Gomorrah was the, their own pride and uh, certainly as a, as a nation we have, uh, we used to be, uh, and I think most people still think we're probably, the, and I think I'm one of them, think we're the best nation in the world. And, uh, and we've, we've survived, uh, uh, so far, uh, the real thing of COVID we see in Europe and so on. Uh, we've been locked down here and there, but, uh, we're quite proud of, we're proud of our, uh, cricket team. Uh, we cheat every now and again, but, uh, you know, we do win uh, our football teams, uh, and so on. We, we have a great pride in our nation and the, the, People that go to the Olympic Games, and, uh, and we've got this uh, the Winter Olympics coming up, and we, you know, we're, we're sort of cheering for the for the local people, and uh, so we should. But um, these sorts of issues are there: pride, fullness of bread, and as a nation, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that haven't got a lot of bread as such, uh, money or or bread, uh, but as a nation we would be classified as very wealthy. And uh, when, when we sort of think about, you know, if, if you have, uh, I, I remember reading it years ago now, if you had, uh, you know, a house and a car and, a, and uh, bits and pieces, food and, you, you know, a couple of meals a day and, and spare, spare cash just lying around your house sort of thing or in your wallet or something, you were in the top 2% of the world's wealthiest people. 
and we sort of think at times we're struggling for a couple of dollars, but we are in that realm. And this is the, the land we particularly live in. And uh, the fullness of bread. But in the meantime, because of that, and we're finding now, there's an abundance of idleness. And uh, the, you know, you go, the, the shopping centres and the malls and so on, there's you know, shop after shop wanting people to come and work for them. We were away a little while ago uh, up in Port Broughton, up, up the coast a little bit, and uh, staying a couple of nights in the caravan, and, and uh, we were watching the television one night, and um, there was a company looking for people to help out in the, in the harvest season coming up, which is sort of now, well, almost finished now, but, you know, over the, on the Air Peninsula and all over the place, all over the, South Australia, they were looking for 1,500 people and crying out for 1,500 people. And I'm not sure they got them or not, but that was, that's the, the state of the nation we're in, abundance of idleness. People don't seem to want to get out and, and earn a couple of quid. Uh, they want to work, you know, they want to stay home. And, and this is the, the nation we're involved, we're into, into the yellow time already. Um, if we look in, uh, we might look in John's Gospel, Gospel of John, and chapter four, we re- realize here, and as I say, we've got to, we, we face this situation not with dilemma, but we really should be looking at it as, as, as an exciting thing, an exciting future. We're facing a, a new year, 2022, and, uh, and we, 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 we're in this, Situation as the, as the Word of God describes as, you know, the time of Sodom and Gomorrah and violence, the fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, the pride of the nations and all the other bits and pieces going with it, of course, the, the, the you know, the wars and rumours of wars and all those sorts of things. And now we're seeing, you know, signs in the, in the heavens and on the earth. Um, there's... Uh, uh, you know, all sorts of dilemmas and men's hearts failing them for fear of the things coming upon the earth. We have this, to, you know, in everyday life. We see these in John, in John's Gospel in chapter third and verse, chapter four, verse thirty, uh, verse thirty-four. Jesus talking here, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And, uh, Verse 35, and he said, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and that then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And so he went on. And Jesus was encouraging us, these people, and obviously to us, look, we think it's sort of hopeless. You know, the people out there are hopeless, and, and it's coming to the end, and... Uh, and uh, there's, there's, you know, Lord, Lord, you might as well come back because, you know, there's the hopeless generation and, and uh, keep in mind we're in it. Um, but Jesus said, hang on a minute, the harvest is white. And um, he was ready. Uh, I won't get involved in, in barley and wheat and all that sort of stuff today. We haven't got time. But barley is white when it, goes to ready for harvest and the Lord was sort of saying you know here you are there's things coming 
there's, there's the, the harvest is ready. And he's saying to you and I, we face a world in, in, in dilemma, in great fear, in, in great trauma at times and, and facing, uh, the situation. And, uh, uh, the mother of this young fellow that we went to uh, a couple of weeks ago, she's just distraught, facing each day. She She's not filled with the Spirit, or, or none of them are, but they have nothing to hang on to. But you and I have the truth. You and I have a hope. And I was able to say a, a little bit at the funeral about the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, and uh, you and I have that. The comforter within. And as we, as we see this, the nations around us and, and the people, particularly in, uh, in our, in our place here and there, wherever we are, we are, we need to see that, uh, that we be a shining light to these people. If we go to the book of Colossians and, uh, as Jesus was, was reminding us, there is people. And he was saying to his disciple there, there's, there's actually a whole crop out there. It's turned white. It's ready to be harvested. Ready to be harvested. And he said, don't pray for the harvest. Pray for the labourers. And you and I are the labourers in God's vineyard. And the opportunity as we see here in Colossians chapter 4 and uh, verse uh, verse 2, um, Paul writing to these people and saying, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utter- utterance or a, <coughs> a, 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 for the word of God to be, to be preached that's really what he was saying here, that God would open a, a door of to utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. And <coughs> um, with all praying also for us, that God would have read that, uh, that I may speak, make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them though without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to, uh, you ought to answer every man. So the, Paul was writing to these people and he said, now you continue praying, you continue walking in the Lord, but pray the door, door of utterance would be open and when you knock on someone's door, you go and fret, knock on Fred's door, he may answer that now, but he used to say, go away, I'm, no, I'm not used to you. But people are like that. You open the door, bang on the door, they look at you, and bang the door in front of you. But Paul was saying, pray that they actually open the door and listen to what you're saying, or if you're those at, uh, at, at your work or down the street or wherever you are, that our prayer should be, Lord, make a way that we can see the harvest. I remember, I, uh, I'll just not look at that thing up there, that clock, um, Many years ago when we were living in Wagga, we weren't in Wagga, we were out of Wagga, but um, we used to fellowship in Wagga. It was in 1983. The pastor there, Cor Smith, he was uh, wanting to double the size of the fellowship 
that year. We had, uh, I think it was about 52, I think, in the fellowship at the beginning of the year, and uh, so we sort of set our target, and uh, we were out out in the scrub of it, and uh, the ones in the in the town would go to the meeting hall on a Saturday, Tuesday morning at seven o'clock and pray for half an hour in the spirit, and then they'd all go off to work, and uh, we'd out out on the on the properties would be there. We'd come in at ten o'clock for morning tea, and we'd spend half an hour praying in the spirit for revival. And uh, we used to do that each week. And uh, we used to do all sorts of things and so on and in the town and they used to put out brochures and on Thursday night and we'd go and knock on doors uh, Sunday morning and lots and lots of stuff. There was a three-day show and all those things we did. And uh, the thing that really, and it really sticks in my mind, there was a young lady in the fellowship who was... Um, I don't know, early 20s, I suppose, had a, a young child. She was sort of very, very, very shy, um, stuck at home, not stuck at home, but she, she didn't really want to go out. But she wanted to be involved, and this was her prayer. Lord, somehow use me. I want to be sort of used to, to bring someone along. And uh, she lived in a little cul-de-sac and sort of went about her business day by day, and uh, the lady across a few, a couple of three houses down came, an elderly lady came and knocked on her door one morning and she said, are you a Christian? And she said, yes, I am. She said, where do you go to church? She said, Revival Fellowship down there in the main street. It was underneath the, the uh, 2WG building. And uh, she said can I come as well? And she came along and got baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. And that happened and that changed that young lady. She was completely changed and sort of went on and I don't know where she is these days, but it was quite, it really sort of struck home this particular verse. Pray, Lord, pray for an opening. That's really what she was saying. And uh, and that's what happened. We go to First Timothy, and uh, chapter four. First um, Timothy, chapter four. <coughs> I lost that. Never mind. We're talking there about our way of life, our conversation. Uh, it talks about our conversation, particularly, which is the way we conduct ourselves. And Paul was encouraging the people to to. You know, be aware of that. And he talked about praying, talked about uh, and, and all sorts of bits and pieces and reading the Word of God and so on. But he talked particularly about our conversation, our way of life. And that, uh, and really when, when we, when I think about that young lady, her way of life was what the elderly lady saw. She went and knocked on the door, are you a Christian? Because she saw something in, in their life. And, and really when Jesus was talking about the harvest is white, he's saying, you know, and, and saying don't worry about the harvest, it's ready to be picked. Pray for, for, for labourers. Pray for those that would uh, would be involved somewhere along the line. And uh, as this young lady wanted to be, she didn't know what she could do because she was too shy to knock on doors to, uh, to uh, you know, she was. I think she worked in the kitchen down at the showgrounds. We were there for three days. We had 
We had to, we were making scones, we were making hamburgers, we had bands playing, we had a, a video going and, and we had tables and chairs and I was the waitress and uh, I could go out and give them a, 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 a thing of scones and a cup of tea and then I'd sit down and talk to them and uh, about the Lord. I'd get kicked out every quite regularly and go away, we're, we're drinking tea, not listening to your what you want to say. But she was sort of in the background of that, but to be out front, she just couldn't do that. And there's a lot of people in that situation. We're not all out the front and all banging on doors or standing out in the street or whatever. And uh, But as Paul was saying, we can all, Pray for a door to be opened somewhere along the line. We can, even if that's all we're doing, pray that those that are out and about and talking to people, pray, Lord, that you give them opportunity. And, uh, and who knows, in the meantime, our way of life would uh, be highlighted to people. I know we, we down, we've lived down here for uh, 38 years and uh, we weren't uh, uh, the, the people across directly across the road. He was a came down. He was a head man of the post office, local post office, and and he was invited to play "Don't Knock Noah." We had down here probably thirty years ago or more down at Yankalilla, and um, they they because he was new in the district, he didn't know us, so he said, "Oh, it would be nice and come along." So he came along, him and his wife and two kids, and they got the message of the play. Never spoke to us for 10 years. Not a word. They would see us and duck across the street and walk along there or look the other way if we were sort of nearby. But now we're almost friends again. And uh, Eunice was invited to some little turnout in their house or Tupperware party or something or other uh, a while back and uh, and now they'll come over and talk and we go to them and talk and it, it's taken a long time. But they realise we haven't got two heads. We may look a bit that way but not quite. But the conversation, the way of life, they realise, hang on a minute, these people are different. And I think that's what we've we've got to see as well, that, Lord, use me in whatever capacity to talk to somebody. The harvest is ready. The Lord said the harvest is white. It's ready. This, this, this world is in a lot of trouble. And we've got the answer, all the people said. All right, let's leave it there.